cheese and chowder. What's going on, my dudes? Welcome to another episode of Cheese and Chowder, the RML podcast. I'm your host, Cody, a.k.a. Cheese, and with me, as always, your other host, uh, Chowder, a.k.a. Brad Favo. What's up, Brad? How we doing? I'm good, Cody. I'm uh, ready to talk about the happenings in the league this past week. We've got some upsets that have occurred, some interesting stat lines, and the playoff race is getting tighter and tighter by the day. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about again. Here. Yeah, definitely. We have a great episode coming out for you this week. Uh, sorry for being a little bit delayed. We ran into some minor troubles here and there, but hopefully this is going to sound a lot better. And moving forward, I think the quality of these episodes are going to greatly improve. So hopefully you can already feel that and hear that. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, this is our third episode now where we've done a weekly, weekly recap. Uh, so we've done last two weeks, we did like week one through three and four through seven. So now we're on about week eight through 10. And uh, this week was, yeah, pretty exceptional. A lot of great games. And let's go ahead and jump in with our games of the week. Game of the week. All right, so recapping some of the games we talked about last week to watch for, and also some games uh, that we didn't expect to be as good, but ended up being pretty good. Uh, First one we're going to start off with is Cincinnati Bengals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Han versus Maddening. Final score of that one, Han with 52 points to Maddening's 32. Uh, any side notes from that game? Let's uh, give us the stat lines there and, and any uh, notable things that you see from that game. So I think uh, we all expected a offensive shootout from this game, knowing these offenses and what they've done so far this year. And that's exactly what we got. But Han was the one that was able to score more points than Maddening. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't know if you qualified as an upset yet, but definitely it was a, a big statement win for Han. But as far as the stat lines go, his uh, quarterback, Antoine Harmon, who is a keeper, 22 for 25, passing 364 yards, five touchdowns, only one interception. And Julio Jones, his main target, 10 receptions, 205 yards. Uh, Han has done very good with his older wide receiver core and plus Travis Kelsey. And it's a pretty dangerous offense for the Cincinnati Bengals. But you have the same thing on the other side on the Rams uh, roster with uh, Connor Barry, another keeper quarterback, 16 for 28 that game, 345 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. And of course, Tyreek Hill, who is the leading wide receiver in RML at this point, had nine receptions, 294 yards, and three touchdowns that game. So definitely a big statement win for Han and the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, Madden and taken his second loss of the season and uh, kind of knocking him down and giving Tillman a chance to catch up in that tough NFC West right there. Yeah. When you look at that game and you see that kind of like shootout type score and that shootout type game, you definitely expect Maddening to be in there. We talked about him last week. He was the user of the week on the podcast. He had a great week, but off to a rough start in week eight 
when you look at these two teams, like you said, the rosters, you have two keeper quarterbacks, arguably two of the best keeper quarterbacks from Madden 19, and uh, both of them performed really well. Uh, Connor Barry throwing two picks might have hurt him a little more uh, than he'd like, and I'm not sure there might have been some fumbles, um, some more turnovers, I, I would imagine, from Maddening that uh, maybe cost him some points. Um, and then, of course, them both having two top-tier receivers, Julio Jones and Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill just going off once again, having a monster season. 294 yards is just ridiculous. Uh, you don't really see that too often, even in Madden. So, and I believe he's leading the league in receiving by a whole lot. So, look, look, uh, look at that guy for maybe offensive player of the year or uh, MVP status uh, coming up soon. Uh, we will talk about some of those awards later in the episode. So, stay tuned for that. All right, jumping into the next game, we had the New York Giants taking on the Detroit Lions. So that would be Weasel taking on our boy Chowder. And a pretty interesting game overall. Had a little bit of hype to it. Um, Brad, you ended up pulling out the victory. Congratulations. A 10-point win, 37-27 to the final. Uh, take us through a little bit of that game. Um, maybe some of your strategies and... Uh, yeah, just just any notable plays or anything that happened during that game. And uh, I know Melvin Gordon had a big day, so yeah. talk about that. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, kind of one of the storylines of that game was that is Weasel's first loss of the season, which I'm uh, proud to be his first loss. And I'm pretty sure I gave Plug his first loss. So uh, maybe there's something there where I can uh, take down the Goliaths, you know, the, the big guys, the big dogs this year. But we'll see. Not getting too ahead of, too ahead of myself since of, I have some bad losses or, or ties that we'll get into later. But as far as the actual game strategy went, I definitely had a game plan coming in. I knew I had to stop Derrick Henry if I had a chance to win, and I did just that. He had under 100 yards. Um, I, I don't remember the exact number. I think 60 yards or something like that. And I kind of forced him to pass. And, you know, he kind of played into my hands on defense. I kind of, you know, I knew I, I was covering the deep routes with Birmingham. I knew that he was going to be looking for that. But Melvin Gordon, it took him a while to get going. But you just, like, with him, it's just, you know, that he's eventually going to break out that big run. And he did. Ends up with 133 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, I think it just kind of shows that I can hang with the top guys. And it definitely was a good win for my confidence. And I was proud to beat Weasel in that fashion so <laughs> yeah i think you really cement, cemented yourself as an uh an elite player this season i mean you started off you know really strong with that uh was it five and oh or six and oh start um so this one was huge for you another huge tester against weasel who was also you know undefeated at the time or was the on, only one of two teams undefeated at the time along with bld so uh you got uh gave him that first loss first notch in his belt talking about melvin gordon he only had you only ran him with 15 carries and he still got 133 yards two touchdowns so obviously you're very effective on the ground um you know without having to overload his uh workload there and and going into that matchup it seemed like a battle of you know two beasts top two of the top three running backs in rushing and in in you know just performance overall melvin gordon versus derrick henry both of you guys being run first teams 
uh, set to be a really interesting matchup and whoever could kind of stymie the run early on and, and keep the other team at bay uh, ended up winning and that was you. So congratulations. That's a big win. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and look at the next one. Seattle Seahawks faced the Atlanta Falcons, uh, another heavy uh, big dog matchup. Charlie Hustle taking on Tillman. We know Tillman's had some struggles this season. Uh, Charlie Hustle off to a really hot start. Um, and this was no different. Uh, Ch- Charlie Hustle getting the win 27-14 to 14 over Tillman. Uh, Jamin Gardner had, uh, he was 16 for 24, 240 yards, one touchdown and one interception. So big win there for Charlie Hustle. And then the other game in week eight we want to talk about uh, another barn burner, another high-scoring affair, another shootout, and that would be Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Myself and Plug going at it. Uh, these AFC West guys have been super tough. Uh, we've talked about that division a lot. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my side of that game. It was very back and forth. Um, I feel like I uh, played pretty well, uh, but I really couldn't stop him from doing a lot on defense there I mean he couldn't stop me very much either clearly but um I did the only really way I could stop him was was to turn the ball over and I did do that a few times I, Baker Mayfield threw uh three interceptions um so that was key for me uh and kind of holding him down a little bit but if I didn't if I wasn't able to turn the ball over in that situation or any of those situations it would have been higher score than because I, I literally could not stop him so uh, and it ended up coming down. I believe I tied it up late in the game and gave him the ball with a few minutes left. And he had a nice drive down uh, the field. Uh, ended up getting the game-winning touchdown with around less than a minute to go. And I couldn't uh, muster a comeback from there with, with barely any timeouts or anything. Um, so tough loss for me. Um, I, that seems to be the theme of the last few episodes um <laughs> any any comments on uh either of those two games or I anything think, there? um one thing you kind of just like uh sparked a thing in my head about your game is uh when you play the top dogs it's really like comes down to turnovers if you can hold on to the ball you give yourself a lot better chance to win and i think that's what does so many people in against these guys is throwing interceptions and losing fumbles and it just turns around the game so quick especially against those guys. And like against Weasel, and it's kind of why I play a little bit conservative against those guys. And I'll go run first because, I mean, it's not that I can't pass. It's just uh, it's a lot more risk involved, especially somebody with a good user or something. And um, like against Weasel on the first drive, he ran with his quarterback and I he just tackled him and he fumbled and that turned the whole game around. And he did it later again in the second half. So he had two fumbles with his quarterback uh, scrambling. And I think turnovers make a huge difference, and it's something that you know, if if, if for the lower guys, right, just something to work on. It's something to try to improve on, and something to keep in mind to try and be that guy that we talk about that gets the upset over, you know, a plug or a BLD or somebody like that. You know, <laughs> absolutely. I uh, I've always felt that turnover battle is ninety percent of the keys to the game, especially in a user league like this with really skilled players. I mean, that's really how I became a decent Madden player was just getting good at playing defense and getting good at forcing turnovers. Uh, starting in eight, Madden 18 and Madden 19, 
I started to get better at using the linebacker and, and, you know, baiting people and, and, you know, trying to get picks. And obviously it's, it's not as easy this year with, um, you know, the, the defensive backs being a little bit better, but the linebackers not, you know, being able to jump or um, pick off balls as easy, but we've still obviously seen a lot of guys still really good at it. So I think some of those guys are separating themselves from the rest of the league, the guys who can really use their, um, cause it's not even just about making the, those jumps and making those picks. It's also um, about being able to read the defense or read the offense and know if they're running the ball on a, you know, a toss or a stretch and, and not letting them break open those big plays. But like you were saying, um, building a run first team has helped you a lot in this league so far this year um, because, yeah, you are able to play conservative, but you're still able to break off big runs and, and kind of wear that defense down. I think that's helped a lot in this game. And like you said, limiting turnovers on offense is so key and so huge. Uh, I, I remember BLD telling me often how, you know, he'll, he'll be fine just punting, you know, a, a bunch of times um, and not, you know, a punt is 10 times better than uh, interception or a fumble, maybe more. So, um, yeah, it's it's super key. All right, and then that wraps up the week eight. Then we move to week nine. We had a good matchup, uh, a nice little rivalry within the division. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. We have Shane versus Andy, a couple of Old school RMLers going at it once again. Final score this one, only a, a close one, another close one. 31 to 29. Arizona takes the win. Andy Isabella, the young star rookie for the Cardinals, six catches, 104 yards. Uh, this is a big win for Andy, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I mean, we talked about how he had a rough start, you know, that loss, tough loss to you. He's had some close ones here and there. Um, getting a, a big second win at this point. I think that was only a second win during uh, week nine, right? Yeah, he's two, he's two and seven now. And I think, uh, obviously, we talked about Shane a little bit briefly in past episodes, and especially with Zeke Elliott, that he is a threat and that, you know, he could be a, like a 500 or above team. And that loss to Andy puts him, well, now at three and six after another week went by. Um, and, you know, if he beats Andy, he's four and five and you know maybe in the mix for a wild card or something but i think andy he's two and seven so obviously playoffs are not looking very likely if possible at all spoiler time but but i think it's all about you know building your confidence up as a user getting developing your players like i know andy isabella is really going to be a threat going forward in addition to what he's got now he just um got nick chubb at the deadline in that McCaffrey deal. So he kind of has that pound and ground game going now. So I think Andy definitely building a good foundation here in Arizona. And this is a good win uh, to kind of show that he can hang with a, you know, an average to above average player. And uh, Andy, and, you know, you talked about it in past episodes that Andy had a couple of games that could have gone either way. So maybe Andy could have been looking at three and six or, you know, four and five right now in a different, you know, universe. If those games, you know, the ball flipped differently. For sure, yeah. He's definitely yeah. playing better than his record. Yeah, I agree. Um, were you going to say anything else? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> um, I'm going to petition the league to rename Andy Isabella to 
Mandy Isabella, right? <laughs> right. Uh, that's it. I think I think Mandy? that might be our, our one exception to uh, renaming players. We might have to. I mean, I I just realized that he has the same name. So, yeah, Mandy Isabella, the 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 star receiver. <laughs> she, she's a beast. She's fast. She's she's crazy good, man. Ma- Mandy Isabella, watch out for her. All right. Next up, we have Chicago Bears versus Philadelphia Eagles. King Ace taking on Narco Steve. A couple of good nicknames there. Um, this was another close one. Went to overtime. Um, did, I don't know if you got to watch this one or see anything. I think you said you, you mentioned you, I, had, I, you did get a chance to watch it. Uh, tell us what happened. So I was able to tune in at the, like the last like two minutes or so. And it was a close game. Uh, it was a uh, it was back and forth. There was like, like I said to you, uh, pre-podcast. There was like, like three interceptions combined in the last two minutes. It was like back and forth. I was like, this is crazy. And eventually they tie it. It's 17-17 going to overtime. And this, I just realized, this would be the first of two overtime games in a row that Ace would play. <laughs> and uh, he comes and three and, total. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> He's keeping and, up with them at least. Yeah. And uh, so he comes out on top eventually, 23-17 over Steve. Uh, nice win. Uh, Ace kind of got out to a slow start. He was, um, you know, lost some tough games, lost to the Vikings, lost to you week one, lost to Danny 41-31. But he's, he's really not been, you know, blown out. Just BLD is really the big. So I think we've kind of been sleeping on Ace throughout the season. And as we're going to get to my game against him in the next week, uh, you know, upcoming in a couple minutes here. But I think the the kind of impressive thing here was uh, Aaron Rodgers was serving the suspension this game, and in comes Dalton, and he goes 16 for 24, 401 yards, only one touchdown, three interceptions. But it's kind of becoming a theme this year where a guy gets suspended and the backup does, like, better than the starter would have done, as we'll get to that in uh, Motherload's game coming up here. So kind of interesting. I don't know what, what that is. Like, I don't know if it's just, like, because these backups obviously aren't better than the starters. Right, Maybe it's right. like a mental thing or something. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton is, you know, probably not, doesn't deserve to be a starter. Definitely not in Madden. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was serviceable. Obviously, he didn't, you know, he had three interceptions. But clearly it was enough to win the game against, a, you know, a serviceable opponent in Steve. Um, look, taking a look at the numbers, Brandon Cooks had seven catches for 238 yards in that game. That is crazy. So, and he didn't score a touchdown either. So he averaged 34 yards per catch. And his other receiver, the keeper, Javante Cherry, five catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so he has two good receivers on a team, uh, basically accounting for almost all of his. The, the only other two, he had three other receptions, <laughs> three other completions to other receivers for 38 yards total. So. Basically, 370 yards to just two guys, uh, showing that those guys are obviously his his star receivers that he's going to be targeting. I know he likes Cherry a lot, but having Brandon Cooks as a, a second option, I mean, how do you stop that? You, ha- you, you can't double-team both of them, so it's crazy. Uh, yeah, like you said, I think uh, Ace is underrated, and I think he can keep up with some of the better players um, when he's on his game, and this NFC North division seems, I mean, we kind of talked about it before, but it's more competitive than we even expected going in. And we even expected it to be pretty competitive. You know, 
I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, you're, you're kind of running away with it. But as far as, <laughs> oh. you know, spoilers and, and people winning games, I yeah, mean, you've, no. you've I already mean, lost. I lost. Yeah, I lost to Vikings, and I you lost, lost, and it just yeah, tied. Exactly. Uh, and we'll tied talk with about Ace. The Week 10 game. Well, and I have uh, one more comment to make on yeah. Ace. As we're going to talk about the tie against me in a second, but I'm just looking at his upcoming schedule. And boy, does he have a rough stretch coming up. Starting Week 11, he's got Maddening Week 11, Weasel Week 12, me again week 13, Monkey week 14, then you week 15, and then Plug week 16, and then Vikings week 17. That's a pretty tough stretch right there to finish out the season. Yeah, I would say so. I feel like we've all had kind of a tough stretch since the NFC North is facing the AFC West this year. Uh, and being that the AFC West is, you know, in our opinion, the best division in, in RML, um, yeah, chances are we're all going to have pretty pretty rough schedules there. So. Doesn't surprise me one bit. All right, moving on. Um, the last game we're going to talk about for week nine, uh, another one with me. Um, I had another close game. Green Bay Packers taking on the L.A. Chargers. Cheese versus Victor. Uh, another close game. Um, it was it was close early. First quarter, first, second quarter. It was, I believe it was about 7-7. And then I got hit with... Um, a pretty bad uh, fumble that ended up being returned for a touchdown kind of shot my momentum and confidence. He ended up going up, I think 21 seven. Um, then later in the game, it was 28, 14. I was able to come back and get it within a score. I stopped him late in the game um, to get the ball back with not a lot of time. Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I think I want to say it was under two minutes. It was a little two minute drill. Um, I had a chance, fourth down, um, across midfield, throwing a uh, a nice deep, kind of a, a, not a deep ball, but, you know, kind of this over the shoulder, trying to get catch him in stride, fly routes, uh, and kind of like a jump ball situation. I just couldn't come down with it. It would have put me near the end zone or in the end zone if I caught it. So didn't work out. Uh, two tough losses in a row. Um you know, to AFC West opponents in Vic and Plug, both were really solid games, only one score. Um, felt pretty good about both of those. Those are really good opponents. I definitely wish I would have played Vic better. Felt feel like I could have beat him, but I didn't get the luck of the the roll in, in that one. So tough losses, and uh, yeah, we've we talked about or we're going to talk about later how uh, that's that makes you know five in a row. So so I've, I've yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so Vic, I was just that that game against you, uh, pulling out a 28-21 victory, was the last of his four-game win streak that just ended uh, this week to Danny. But I don't know if you remember, like two or three podcasts ago, uh, after Vic, you know, struggled out of the gate, we kind of challenged him, you know, saying, you know, like his upcoming schedule is tough, but he's got to win if he wants a chance, and he did win. He was on a four-game win streak including the game against you until he ran into that buzzsaw. That is Danny that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but uh, Vic is now sitting at 5-5, five and five, and he's within striking distance of a playoff spot. So he kind of has rose up to the occasion and kind of dug out of that hole he, he you know, made for himself and yeah. is putting his name in, back into that conversation for a yeah, possible playoff spot. Yeah, we're going to talk about streaks and stuff uh, a little, little later on. But looking at his first – splitting his first – or he has played ten games, splitting his first five and his last five. He he was one and four in his first five, and he's four and one in his last five. So, 
I mean, I don't know what that says, you know, about him. I, it's, to me, it says he's turned a corner, and the first five is, you know, not who he is. And a lot of those were close games, too. So I feel like, uh, yeah, he, you know, he's still got a tough schedule because he has, you know, a couple, like four games against the division left out of the last six. So that's going to be tough. Uh, two against the Chiefs. So he hasn't played plug yet. And, um, and then one against Broncos and one against Raiders. And then he has Vikings and Jaguars as the other two. So realistically, it's going to be tough. I mean, I say, you know, hopefully he can split those those four against the, I, I'd say that would be optimistic, um, splitting those four, maybe, hopefully, maybe taking three out of four. But that would put him at seven and seven. And then he basically has to win the other two games to even have a chance at the playoffs. But um, in that division, it's going to be real tough. All right, then we go to week 10. We have uh, Miami Dolphins versus the Colts. So Motherload taking on Doe. A very interesting game and another upset. So Motherload getting the win 20-10, to 10, the final score. Um, didn't get a chance to watch this one, but heard that Doe really just couldn't get anything going. Um, Motherload's defense just came to play and, and just kept him, you know, at bay and, and really held him down. So um, one of those, we talk about Motherload and how he's a little inconsistent at times and how he can really play with the best of them and beat the best of them sometimes. I know you know that from experience. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you what do you have to say about that one? I think, I, I like you, I did not get a chance to watch this game. I was out and about today, and I was, like, really surprised to see this result pop up on, on uh, you know, group me with the Dad League's update. I was like, Wow. I could not believe that Motherload just beat Doe. I mean, obviously we knew Motherload had it, has it in him in the past, but I was like, maybe this isn't as Madden or something, or his team isn't great. He's, you know, two and six, two and six entering this game, and uh, like, and this is kind of what I mentioned before. He uh, Carson Wentz gets suspended for not streaming the last week, and then in comes RG three, and RG three goes twelve for twenty, three hundred and three yards. Two touchdowns, one one interception, leads the Dolphins to this victory. Uh, so it's kind of a, you know, I don't know what it is. It's kind of like an interesting, like, uh, you know, observation, I guess, and kind of weird how this has worked. And RG3 isn't really rated that high in Madden, I don't believe, at all. 66 overall is his uh, rating. So kind of uh, interesting there. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think it was more of a defensive game, and uh, I would assume uh, that's kind of what gave him most of the win probably had a lot of uh, short yardage situations. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, great win for Motherload. Um, I, yeah, it's been a, a down year for him, but this is the kind of win that can, you know, spark and, and, your and confidence. With the AFC East, he's now only a half game out, I believe. Right, it's a very winnable division. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like he's out of it at all. So, keep it up, Motherload. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you could be leading that division in a week or two. which is a couple more wins it seems like so it doesn't seem like it's going to take a whole lot uh like we said i think last time eight wins it might not even be eight. i I think it might be less than that seven seven, (laughs) maybe six wins that could be crazy especially with the ties too we have uh i know at least one tie in that division so yeah we could be looking at a six nine and one or a seven and nine situation but yeah big upset there though couldn't figure it out. He gets another loss. Uh, moving on, we got the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. 
AFC North matchup, Beast Mode versus Han. Uh, second time Han has been on this podcast. Um, by the way, welcome, uh, Han. I don't think we mentioned at the, this is the first episode since uh, joining panel. So everybody, uh, welcome Han again to the panel. Uh, good decision, I think. Good vote. Um, and he's been a good member so far. So Han gets the win over Beast Mode. Um, obviously, theme of you know these games of the week. It's another close one. A one-point win, 37-36. Um, we've talked uh, quite a bit about Beast Mode, um, and uh, on this episode or on these podcasts, and uh, not a whole lot about Han. Uh, any any thoughts on either of those two, or this kind of win for Han? Um, so I think there's a couple things to talk about here. Uh, first of all, 37-36 obviously very tight. I did not get a chance to watch this game, so I don't know if that was like a last-second thing or just the score ended up close or whatnot. Uh, there's a couple of interesting stat lines, I think. Uh, Beast Mode only 8 for 10 passing, so only 10 pass attempts the whole game. Uh, 181 yards, one touchdown. So obviously run first. He split he split the carries between Karrion Johnson and Austin Eckler with uh, 10 attempts each. And 115 yards with Johnson, 88 yards with Eckler, one touchdown each. Obviously it was not enough, but... Hans over, you know, um, overpowering offense. Uh, you know, Harmon with 415 yards, again over 400 yards, and then um, Julio Jones, nine receptions, 254 yards, two touchdowns. Julio Jones is uh, really showing out this year, and probably uh, I think he's climbing up the ranks of the wide receiver yardage, catching up to Tyreek a little bit there. And I think uh, Han is, uh, you know, showing that offense, the X factors and everything this year. A good offense is uh, might be better than a good defense this year, I think. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it seems that's the case. Uh, a lot of high-scoring games um, and those shootout games, your offense, you know, has to be pretty elite to keep up. Um, looking at uh, beast mode, just we've talked a decent amount about him, but he's had a lot of really close losses. I mean, well, not a lot, but a, de- a couple. Um, he had that one-point loss to Andy in week two, a three-point. Well, okay, we're not talking about that's the same game, but a three-point loss to. Uh, Bruce and the Steelers in Week Five, and now this one-point loss to Bengals. He's sitting at two and seven. Uh, I'm not really sure. You know, it's early enough, uh, or too early or too late to call it a rebuild. But you know, I'm not sure what his plans are looking forward. Uh, if he can turn it around, or you know, or what's going to happen. So hopefully, you know, he can fight back and maybe you know attempt to play spoiler. He's got, um, and his schedule hasn't been, you know, anything super difficult, I feel like, but um, the only wins he has are against the Browns and the Patriots, who, you know, aren't anything super to brag about um, performance-wise and how good they've played. So overall, he's got a lot of work to do, I would say, but we'll see if he can keep uh, turned around from here. All right, moving on, we have... Uh, the last game of the uh, Week 10 recap and the games of the week, we have Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears, who you mentioned a little bit earlier. Chowder taking on King Ace. Um, yeah, we got another tie, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Unbelievable, I know. It's the third tie of the season. We'll talk about that in a second, but talk about the game a little bit. Um, you mentioned King Ace played um, a little bit better than you expected, maybe another mm-hmm. one of those trap games for you. NFC North rival um, playing a little bit better than we thought, huh? I think uh, a couple things led to this tie. 
Uh, he did it. I've seen the stat line. So Melvin Gordon finished the game 24 attempts, 132 yards. I'm, I'm pretty sure about 80% of those yards came in the fourth quarter and beyond kind of due to a couple big runs and stuff. Uh, but he did a great job shutting down my run game the first half. Like, I was getting really frustrated. Like, this is not this, this did not happen really all year. Um, I think the game against you was the lowest yards Melvin Gordon had all year. And I felt like I still even had a couple good runs there uh, with that. But I was getting stifled at the line. I had gotten nothing going. My passing game was, was all right. It wasn't great. And, uh, you know, him on offense, I, I did a really good job stopping his run the whole game. He only had nine yards total. But his passing game to uh, that keeper, Javante Cherry, three touchdowns for Cherry. And uh, a couple one-on-one, you know, just like jump 50-50s and just kind of no shot there. And uh, Brandon Cooks, 151 yards on eight receptions. So like you mentioned before, that double-headed attack is a dangerous. Aaron Rodgers leading the way. But uh, the tie, yeah, overtime, we got that stupid kicking meter bug. EA devs, if you're listening to this podcast, please fix that bug. It is costing us games, and you know we don't want to see that happen in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah. the big thing, we're going to talk about this in a little bit when we do an injury report, but Andrew Luck goes down in the fourth quarter, and uh, Kirk Cousins takes over. It goes 7 for 1,313 yards, uh, so that's not bad. But, yeah, I was kind of – I was like – I was kind of, I didn't really know how to feel about the tie. I was like, at least it's not a loss. At least it's not a win. I mean, I, I was like, at least not a loss. I kind of wish it was a win, but could be worse, I guess. But good game. You had, Ace you had and, 13 uh, passes in the fourth quarter with Kirk Cousins. Oh, overtime too, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's surprising with being a run first team. Um, yeah, maybe you should uh, try to run a little more. <laughs> but uh, I get it. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting for you going forward. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit with the. Uh, the Andrew Luck injury. Um, so, yeah, talking about uh, three ties. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, RML has set an NFL record. Only 10 weeks into the season, <laughs> we have set the NFL record for most ties in an NFL season. Three ties. Now, it has set the record. Uh, it used to be two um, for... Um, it has happened a few times uh, throughout the years, uh, and we're talking. And we're talking about when overtime, you know, since overtime records have been uh, kept. So before 1974 or whatever it was, you know, there are hundreds, you know, dozens of ties every year because they didn't play overtime. So there's like, oh, whatever, we'll just call it a tie. But since the 70s, since you know the merger and everything, they're like, okay, we gotta we gotta keep track of this, and we gotta we gotta make sure there's a winner. So. Since then, there's only been two in a season, and I think you said there was only 17 total, like ever in real yeah, life. Yeah, since, since then, yeah, ni- since 1974, only been 17 ties in real life, and only two is the most uh, each so, season. So they're a little more common in the video game and RML than <laughs> than in real life, just a little bit. Um, so we're on, we're on a insanely record pace, um, and we we've already talked a little bit about this, but now Snorts uh, has a a friend with him in the two tie <laughs> category. So now King Ace and Snorts are tied with two ties on the season. Uh, funny, funny enough, they did tie each other. That was the first tie um, in that sim game early on. Um, and then Snorts got his second tie uh, against the Patriots, and then you got your tie against 
the or you two, uh, the one we just talked about, the Lions and Bears. That's three ties. All right, so question is over or under, uh, how many ties are there going to be at the end of the 2019 season in RML? The over-under is 4.5. So that means we're, we're sitting at three. So over-under 4.5 for total. What do you think? I think I got to go with the over. If we, got, you know, if we got three ties right now in week 10, then we only need two more the rest of the seven weeks to, to get there or six yeah. weeks or whatever. So I think, uh, I think we could pass that. I could see it. it. <laughs> I could see it, you know, knowing this game, it will get to like seven or something, but I'm going to take the under just to, you know, be a, a opposite of you. Uh, I'm going to say we get one more. I think it's going to be four. I think that'll be the number. I don't, and we have seven weeks left. The chances are it's not going to keep up this bad, you know, this much unless someone, you know, tries and fails that maybe wants to just be funny and set a record or something. I'm pretty sure no team is no teams have had two ties in a season, let alone because you know there's only been the record is two ties for a league. So I'm pretty confident that a single team. So Redskins and Bears, uh, Snorts and Ace, congratulations! You guys also <laughs> set NFL record uh, with two ties uh, for your teams. So congratulations! All right, so that'll do it for games of the week. Moving on to our next segment, and that is uh, a segment we did last week, and we're going to keep doing it because it's fun and um, it's cool, and that is the user of the week. User of the week. All right. Last week, the user of the week was Maddening and the Rams. This week, for weeks 8 through 10, and this episode number 8, our user of the week is Danny Cologne and the Oakland Raiders. So Danny is 3-0 and this week. Um, he had wins against the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions, and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, all right, what do you think? Let's talk about his week. How did he do? I know we have some... <laughs> some. I know you you were on the losing hand yeah. of one of these games. Mm-hmm. So um, what what do we got to say about him? Yeah, so I have a firsthand experience of getting my ass whooped by Danny. Uh, I think a couple... So first of all, I'll be the first to admit that so far it's looking like I'm wrong and I'll eat crow. For saying that Danny will not be able to compete this year with the team he has currently. Uh, he's kind of proved me wrong, and I think he kind of used that as motivation, uh, his game against me. And uh, it was just over from the first two minutes. <laughs> it was like 14 nothing already. Uh, but I think the most impressive thing here is his off- offense is on, a, on, is on an unprecedented streak here. In the last three games, he scored 56 points against Texans, 66 points against me and 53 points against Chargers. So that's a combined 175 points in three games. Uh, I did not do any research to see if that is an NFL record, but I would not be surprised if I'm that is. I'm pretty confident that it is. <laughs> I don't think anyone's averaged <laughs> almost 60 points a game for three games. But I think, so obviously, you know, three, hard, hard to argue that he's not the user of the week this, this, week, this week in uh, real life. And uh, so now he's 7-2. and two. In second place at the AFC West, he uh, 
Plug has not had his buy yet, so Plug is at eight and two, and Danny at seven and two. So I think. Uh, what do you What do you think? Do you think Danny can uh, win this division here? Or do you think this is uh, Plug's division to lose? It's an interesting battle. I honestly am surprised by Plug. I mean, I know he's good, and I've experienced, you know, that he's good, but I did not expect him to to be atop the division this long, especially at the beginning of a season, let alone, you know, a later later down the road. Um, but he's really pulled it out and, and had a lot of, you know, even with that controversial loss, I mean, he should be 9-1. Um, yeah, I mean, he's had arguably the best season and you're so you're his only you know real loss that he you know uh rightfully lost so yeah uh he's outplayed my expectations for him so yeah keep it up i know he listens to to these uh episodes (laughs) so um while he's flying and whatever on his planes uh maybe he's not this time (laughs) but uh (laughs) Yeah, but I, I still think Danny is going to keep up. It's going to be a real close race, I feel like, for both these guys. And it's I think it's one of those situations where the winner is going to have the number one seed in the AFC. And it sucks, but the loser is going to be the five seed. So, one, I mean, we could be looking at a situation where, uh, you know, 14 and 2 are, or 13 and, I'm um, I mean not 14 and 2, 13 and 3 or 12 and 4 is the record of the five seed in the AFC. So, yeah, uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, uh, you think Plug can hang on and and keep it from Danny or? I, I think yeah. So I think um, I was just looking now. I think so. The big thing uh, in Danny's schedule is week two. He lost to Plug pretty pretty handily, thirty to thirteen. So it wasn't even that it wasn't even that close. And obviously Plug's only lost to me, and Plug did come back. But you know I'm not gonna say I didn't I didn't deserve to win that game. Uh, but so I think. They'll probably play this game before next week's podcast uh, goes live. And week 13, Raiders mm-hmm. versus Chiefs. 7-2 and two and 8-2 and two right now, respectively. I think that we can highlight as the game of the week for that week and maybe for all of this real-life week coming up. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big game. You know, if, if Plug wins that, that really puts, you know, gives him the tiebreaker, 2-0 and head-to-head. And uh, but if Danny wins that, then you know he's right back into the thick of that division race, and you know there's a big difference between getting that one seed and that five seed right there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, looking at the schedules, that that's probably the biggest game and the biggest opponent that Danny has to face. And looking at uh, Plug's schedule, it's similar. I think both of them can w- honestly win out, aside from the game they're going to play against each other. So, you know, like I said, we're looking at. Uh, most likely, the win. You know, it could be a 14-2, two-team um, two race at the top. So I think, yeah, that that week thirteen game is ultimately going to decide uh, who takes the division. Because let's assume, because Plug has bye week week twelve, so let's assume they're both winning their next week. So they're eight and two and nine and two, and then Danny wins week twelve, so he's nine and two. They're both nine and two going into week thirteen, and yeah, base. I mean, regardless of what happens, Danny wins. He's ten and two, and Plug goes to nine and three. Uh, that you know that gives Danny a one game lead for the last four games. Chances are he might you know win out those last four games, and if Plug wins, he basically brings a two game lead. On so it's even bigger for Plug to win, 
or it's it's more important for Danny to win because you know if if Danny loses that game, he's there's no way he's going to be able to make it up. So mm-hmm. Danny actually needs to win that game, otherwise it's pretty much over for the division. All right. So that's the user of the week. Uh, definitely looking forward to that uh, AFC West matchup in Week 13. Hopefully, that should end up being next weekend. Um, probably pretty yeah. close to roughly when we're gonna. Uh, be recording so hopefully we uh, that game will be played by the time we record the next episode and uh, we can talk about it but I'm definitely hoping I can watch that one alright let's get to some injuries notable injuries uh, that happened this week we talked about Andrew Luck broken collarbone out 7 weeks going to be a tough one for uh, for the Lions and our boy Chowder Uh, who is your backup? Uh, Kirk Cousins Oh yeah, we talked about so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, serviceable, definitely one of the better backup situations in the league. I would say my backup is I think Brett Hundley. So if Cam Gover goes down, I'm I'm probably screwed. <laughs> Don't know why I chose. And and there's no one on free agency. That's what sucks. If you oh yeah, if, that's your, if it's, you it's, it's, it's lose a quarterback, way. you don't have a good one. Uh, yeah, you're pretty much screwed. But well, you can still win. Like we said, RG three. Uh, he had a you know. Andy Dalton and RG3 uh, somehow played well uh, being very crappy Madden players and pretty much very crappy real-life players. What were you going to say? So, oh, yeah, so that's um, about not being able to assign, like, a good free agent uh, backup. Is if you get injured now this late in the season, obviously trades are closed right now. So you're really looking at, you know, if you your backup situation, whoever you have in your roster, or, you know, picking up the garbage so it's kind of kind of i think it's i kind of like personally try to find get a good backup you know early in the season or whatever i think having a good backup is important because if you're in a in a division race in a playoff race and your quarterback goes down you know you need to have that backup to you know at least be serviceable and lead you that way you can't just you know rely on their run game and have that 60 overall quarterback you're not going to win against you know good teams that way i don't i don't believe yeah it kind of reminds me of the actual real life situation that's hap- just happened last week with Andrew Luck the you know the real Andrew Luck uh you know they they have a you know decent backup in Brissett so you know it's not the hope isn't gone for them you know to make it playoffs um yeah in real life it's super important to have a backup in Madden it's still pretty important I think you did a good job in building your team and having someone um you know not knowing if Luck is injury prone in this game or not and even if he wasn't you still want to have someone just in case because you know we're, we're playing this game for you know six seven eight seasons chances are your quarterback is probably going to go down uh at one point so all right and then we had um minnesota with two running backs going down uh jalen richard and jarek mckinnon uh who actually is also injured in real life um and i believe he's out for the year in real life uh, so his only running back for Minnesota is Jeremy Hill. Um, so, I mean, realistically, those aren't three great running backs to start to be on a, you know, uh, a roster in general. Um, but having two of them go down definitely does not help. Um, and there's not, like we said, there's not a lot of guys to be able to pick up on practice squads or free agency. So we'll see if he can make do with, Jeremy Hill, um, so Richard is out for six weeks and McKinnon's out for four weeks. So he's going to have, you know, a lot of 
games with only one or two guys on his roster. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Hill doesn't go down. Otherwise, yeah, he's going to be using his fullback. Well, I was just thinking, yeah, I was just if he goes out because of stamina or whatever. Does he like, have who, a fullback? Who goes, like that's why, like, because I don't know if he that hasn't like messed with his roster yet. You know, and signed a running back. But we were talking about I this the other day. Yeah, off hasn't podcast. looked at it much. But we were talking about this the other day, where like you know he's got the two guys on injury, you know, on like short term injuries, and you can't really put them on IR really. So it's like you kind of have like two wasted roster spots right there. Oh, he has so, Mike Davis. Yeah, he has Mike Davis. That's his other guy. So I'm he's back, got. Oh yeah. yeah, he's much better than Hill. Well, he must have yeah. just signed. He must have just signed. He must have just got. <laughs> him. I didn't realize Mike Davis was on the free agents. Yeah, but he he got him. Oh, he got him for cheap too. Five hundred thousand, no penalty. So yeah, he can he can plug him in for four games and cut him if he wants. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's not bad. So now he has Mike Davis and Jeremy Hill. Um, so at least it's serviceable. You know, he at least has, you know, guys. If if one of those guys, heaven forbid, goes down as well, uh, he'll have at least one other guy. But uh, he doesn't have a fullback. So yeah, that would have been real bad. All right. Well. That'll do it for our injury report. Now we're going to talk about a little little new segment, uh, just because it's a little over midway through the season that we've had some some streaks here and there, some win streaks, some losing streaks. So uh, yeah, let's go streaking, Brad. Let's do it. Woohoo! <clears throat> we're going streaking! Yeah! Okay. Um, all right. First win streak, uh, obviously team that's still undefeated as of this recording of this podcast uh hopefully we can get this one out either right as they're playing or right maybe right before they're playing um on monday morning um we'll see if we can who, who knows maybe bld will still be undefeated maybe he'll have his first loss but as of right now he's on an eight game winning streak i don't think we have to talk much about bld we've kind of talked him up and filleted him enough uh, if you if you'll excuse my term there, but uh, yeah, let's let's just talk about the other ones. Um, the other notable win streaks, uh, Kansas City. We talked about Plug, how good he's been playing. He's on a five-game win streak, beating Houston, Denver, myself, the Vikings, and the Titans. Uh, that last one being a big blowout loss or a big blowout win against Titans, fifty to nothing. Sorry, Tendy. Uh, and then Oakland Raiders, Danny, also on a five-game win streak. So, again, we've talked about both these guys already. Uh, he beat the Bears and then me again. Oh, wow, there's a well interesting thing there. Of course, I'm on, I'm on all of these lists. <laughs> Losing to everybody. All right, Bears, Packers. He beat almost all of the NFC North. Bears, Packers, Texans, Lions, and Chargers in that five-game stretch. So you and me in that stretch there. Um, but he beat you way more than he beat me. So here's what you, you got your butt whooped. Yeah, uh, that was a reality check right I, there. I did, I did, the first time we played, I got my butt, my butt whooped too. He gave me a second chance because of the disconnect. So I made it a little closer on paper, but uh, both games I pretty much got my butt whooped too. So it's okay. I'm with you. Okay. Do you have anything to say on those guys? I mean, we kind of talked a lot about yeah, them. Yeah, I, I think we kind of covered them in the last segment. Chiefs and Raiders, it kind of be neck and neck. And Yeah, you know, I think the next we're guys looking forward to, uh, the next guys are a little more interesting to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about these guys. Okay, so losing streaks. Um, all right, well, this one's a little unfair because, you know, the, the different owners and things. So the, te- the Houston Texans are on a nine-game losing streak. Um, the longest of the season, I think, 
he's is he still winless? I'm assuming that means. Yeah, he's still on nine, and he's on a bye this week. Is he, he the plays. only? Yeah, he's the only yeah, so winless. All, yeah, so. Texans are the only winless team. Um, <laughs> do we have we welcome we welcomed Rich last time, right? Yeah, I, I, be- I believe so. Yeah, well, welcome again, Rich. Uh, you better win one of these games, buddy. I uh, don't want to go zero sixteen, but you also probably don't want to win a whole bunch because you want that number one pick. And there's some there's some battle for that number one pick. Um, the Buccaneers are also one and seven. Um, also a team we, that we, was. We got uh, week sixteen battle for number one pick maybe Texans oh, versus Bucks. Bucks. Texans. Oh boy, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see if Kunk you know can avoid losing. And I feel like he he might have to just tank at this point, which I know we're you know we've had some opinions on and, <laughs> and it's hard to stop so i mean it's not much you can do but and then the bears are one six and two so i mean who knows they could end up being you know one and 13 and two or whatever the record would be there so but i feel like he's gonna end up winning at least one or two more games yeah. i would say he's gonna so, be a spoiler wait, more so, he, he so, has a little confidence in playing game you know he wants to win i have a question for you yeah uh, Kind of put you, I don't know, not put you in a spot, but do you think that the Texans will go 0 and 16? Oh, if I'm putting money on it right now, well, let me look at their schedule. Hold on. I, I got, I got to pull over here. So they okay. got uh, Ra- Ra- Ravens week 11, so two and seven beast mode. So maybe you know, maybe okay. something there. That's might be winnable. Doughboy week 12. Uh, Washington week 13. Yeah. Ooh, that's 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 definitely winnable. I mean. Yeah, but you never know. I feel like, yeah, thir- week 13 and week 15 are the most winnable against Sean and Tendy. Um, uh, he's got Tendy twice, too. Oh, yeah. No, he's not going. Sorry, sorry, Tendy. <laughs> we beat up on you a lot, buddy. You know we love you. But, yeah, he's not He's not losing twice to Tendy <laughs> and, and Boston Sean. There's no way. I'd say he gets two. I'd say he wins two games. Um, I'd probably say one against Tendy, one against Sean, and that's probably it. But I haven't really. I don't see. I never really saw Rich play very much, so um, he, only he was a little bit before my time with Matt or with RML. What'd you well, say? Well, so so actually, kept well, up with Cedric, yeah. Speaking well, speaking of that, with Rich being in the you know our OG RML, like back when I was in RML before I like rejoined, and like you kind of joined during that gap I took. But Rich was pretty much like the BLD of like the OG RML. Like that's how good he was. Like everybody got like really frustrated by him, so I think he, I don't think he played Madden in a while. Like last year, he skipped Madden, so I think he's got potential. He knows what he's doing. He only lost by ten to Centro, so yeah. I think he's got something. You know, something to build off of here. Get Might a high pick and then to get go back off. Into yeah, it. exactly. Well, he's got some testers definitely against the uh, Ravens and Colts coming up, so um, maybe he'll be battle tested and then you know be able to sneak out some wins in the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I would say no, I don't think he'll go on 0 16, but maybe two, two or three wins, hopefully. I mean, I don't, I don't think he would even want, you know, if he, if he gave him the option, probably doesn't want to be, you know, four and 12 or anything, because that might put him out of that top one or two spots in the draft. Okay, then, uh, we have, uh, yours truly, uh, currently at a five game losing streak. Um, talked a little bit about myself enough, but, I lost, uh, and I've also mentioned these five game teams I've lost to were actually really That's good. A pretty, Almost yeah, all of them tough are, schedule. It's basically the hardest five game schedule that you can put together, I would say. I mean, 
aside from BLD in there, those are like five of the top ten teams in the league. So Cowboys, uh, yourself, the Lions, Danny and the Raiders, plug in the Chiefs, and uh, Vic and the Chargers. We talked about those last two on this episode. Those were two close games. The other ones were not so close. Uh, I lost by two scores to Monkey. It, it was close for a little bit for um, you know some of the game, but uh, he ended up pulling away. And it's basically the same thing happened with you and me. Kind of was close within the score for a while until like the fourth quarter when you pulled away. And then Danny, I just, yeah, mostly was not that close, but um, somewhat close for like half the game or so. But yeah, I was struggling there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to get a win this week uh, due to a force. Uh, so I'll be five and five. And then, uh, yeah, coming up, I do have, I have a bye this coming week. Um, so finally get some rest. And then uh, Shane and then Weasel, Snorts, King Ace and the Bears, Seacop and the Vikings, and yourself and Week 17. So three straight. Uh, yeah. Three straight NFC North divisional matchups to end the year. Mm-hmm. Those could be all very, very big yeah. games and very important games, depending on how you do and how the wild card turns out. Uh, at least I'm back in the bubble. I feel like, and I need, I definitely need to win. You know, get get back in the win streak, uh, co- the winning column. You know, get out of this mm-hmm. funk. So <laughs> I feel like I have it in me, and uh, I'm still pretty confident. I, I started off four zero. I mean, come on, like. So yeah, talk about the the streak king. That's that's me for sure. So this this going streaking segment is dedicated to me basically. All right, uh, all right. I forgot we still have another another segment. Let's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some awards. We're well, we're we're almost an hour in already. That's okay. Um, all right, here we go. So these are the awards. So we're just gonna kind of fly through these. And just kind of mention, you know, players and uh, what awards everyone is in line to get at this point in the year since the awards have come out. Um, yeah, let's get into it. All right. For the NFL MVP, the top three are number three, Omar Payne, number two, Derrick Henry, and number one, Melvin Gordon, as of this recording. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect any different. Three running backs, that's interesting. In real life, it probably would yeah. be at least one or two quarterbacks in there. But it seems to be a, a three-headed battle uh, for really, three really good running backs who are carrying their teams. I mean, BLD undefeated, Giants uh, with 8-1, and one. One, eight and one, and yourself leading your division. So, yeah, any thoughts on any of those guys who okay. might jump out in front or... You know, we know that Omar Payne's injured, so uh, can probably say that he realistically doesn't have a chance at winning, but you never know. He's been really good for the first five weeks or six weeks that he was playing. Um, if I'm going to be honest, I did not know Melvin Gordon was leading MVP until this, until right now. Really? Um, so <laughs> I, mean, I didn't even look at He's, I just, he's humble, yeah, I just folks. He's humble. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that obviously the biggest thing is Melvin Gordon has 19 touchdowns, which is, I think he's like a nine touchdown lead over second place. Um, he's just, yeah, he's scored. they really emphasize touchdowns like, in the game. Too. But like the thing is like, I haven't even spammed Gordon at all for touchdowns or anything. He just kind of happens to get touchdowns. Yeah, it's not like you're getting a lot of short touchdowns and you're like, yeah. you're at the five yard line. You're, you're <laughs> pounding it three times in a row just to get him a, 
a score. But yeah, that's like, like that. I feel when you do that, you start to lose games. You have to like play as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think over. I know we kind of have to like we're kind of going really long here. Um, but I think the most interesting, like like you mentioned, there's only two quarterbacks: uh, Anton Harmon and Lamar Jackson in a top ten for MVP, which is not you know realistic, I guess. But kind of shows maybe that this man is more of like a defensive running first Madden. But that's not even true, really. It's kind of interesting, man. Yeah, it's re- really working. interesting. I didn't realize uh, Lamar Jackson was yeah, uh, uh, all the way up there in MVP. Oh, offense, yeah. Uh, well, for quarterbacks, yeah, okay. Interesting, yeah. So, But the funny thing is when you look at the other categories, like offensive player of the year and stuff, I don't think he's even you know up there. So, But, yeah, for a team we've talked about that struggled a little bit with uh, Tillman and the Seahawks being 6-4, and four, Apparently, he's utilized Lamar Jackson better than we thought because remember uh, some of the storylines we talked about were saying that maybe Lamar Jackson wasn't the right fit and maybe he's not the right pick because the game doesn't reward runners as much. But maybe he is, you know, utilizing both his running skills and his passing skills a little more. Um, Yeah, good for him, but uh, don't really see him, you know, getting anywhere close to the running backs and even having a chance at winning. So. Yeah, it seems to be a running back-dominated award this, uh, this year, so we'll see who pulls away. I feel like right now, it's in my opinion, it's just the two-headed race between Gordon and Henry. Uh, and we already talked about how you guys faced off, so that's kind of cool, two MVP opponents. But you didn't even know, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, offensive Player of the Year. So in the AFC, uh, number three is Antoine Harmon. Talked about him. Number two, DK Metcalf with the Raiders. And number one, uh, Dalvin Cook and the Chiefs. So, uh, former player of mine from Madden 19, who was always injured, but luckily for Chiefs, he has not been as injured. So, keep it up. Um, so that's the top three for the AFC. Uh, and then, well, of course, I mean DK Metcalf. I feel like, and it's funny that um, the top two are Chiefs and Raiders. You know, we, we know both their offenses are really good. And it's funny that those two are the top two teams in the AFC that we've been talking about. So, and they're in order too. So I wonder if maybe when if Raiders if Danny takes over the number one spot, maybe DK Metcalf would jump in that number one spot too. All right, NFC Offensive Player of the, of the Year awards. Um, right now it's Derrick Henry at number three, Tyreek Hill at number two, and Melvin Gordon at number one. That one's pretty obvious considering that both of those. Melvin Gordon and Derrick Henry are in MVP running. Tyree Kill being uh, one that kind of jumps out of nowhere. But look at his stats. Honestly, I'm, you don't have to say them. Uh, everything, all the categories, it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of numbers. So uh, any thoughts on the Offensive Player of the Year's Offensive I think, Players? I think uh, Dalvin Cook might be the most impressive on this list because I'm not sure exactly who his rating is. But he's definitely not an X factor or anything like that, and I'm not going. You know, Melvin Gordon's X factor obviously has helped him a lot. Um, so I think I'm pretty impressed with the way Plug has used Cook so far, and obviously Metcalf has been, you know, Danny's like go-to weapon, and he makes sure to get him like 200 yards each game or something like that, something ridiculous. Um, but I think it's a pretty interesting, like a lot of tight battles here, especially the NFC race, like Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill, Derek Henry, all like neck and neck. I feel like, and like you know. They're all having big games every single week. So should have come down to the wire right there. 
Yeah, uh, I'm just doing some quick math here. Uh, so this is what Tyreek Hill is on pace for. He's on pace for 99 catches or about 100 catches. He's on pace for 2,574 yards, probably an NFL record, <laughs> and also on pace for 37 touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like if he keeps it up, it's his. It's going to be his award. Uh, I mean, you'll still Melvin Gordon could probably still win MVP, but I feel like even with those numbers, he's got to jump up <laughs> in the MVP race too if he keeps up that pace. No, yeah. That's uh, unreal. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know how how you stop him. <laughs> Guys, just ninety nine. Like we talked about it. Yeah, you you can double team him. You can use her the safety. It doesn't matter. You're gonna get burned. So, all right, defensive player of the year, AFC. Um, number three is Shaq Shaquem or Shaquem Shaquem Griffin. Shaquem uh, Shaquem. Shaquem. But it's only it's one. Only you know, Shaq. Let's go. Let's go. Shaq. Hand. It's the guy with one yes, hand, the, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I played him, dude. He's pretty cool looking in the game. Uh, Shaq, <laughs> Shaq Griffin, and Danny's Raiders. Number two, Bud Dupree, and the Chief on the Chiefs. And number one, Joey Bosa. So all AFC West players, uh, rounding out that defensive player of the year category. Uh, pretty obvious that you know those are three really good teams with three really good players. Bosa is just freaking ridiculous. Uh, I think he had five sacks against me in our game. And then two from the other Bosa brother. He's got both of them. Um, and then the NFC, we have number three, Von Miller in the Falcons. Uh, number two, uh, Khalil Mack on the Giants. And number one, of course, Devin Bush on uh, BLD's Saints. Those three seem pretty obvious to me. And again, we, as is the case with a lot of these awards, uh, the three best teams in the NFC by record, uh, the Saints, the Giants, and the Falcons, are you know heading those awards so obviously Devin Bush stands out as a big player and Khalil Mack too for me but any any other guys honestly they're all really good players I feel like the only surprise to me I feel like is Bud Dupree um on plug because you know Danny I expect his defense you know to have a lot of uh interceptions and you know forced fumbles and you know just uh playmaking abilities but Bud Dupree kind of stands out as someone I did not expect, especially a guy that isn't that high overall. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's mid-70s overall, uh, but he's got the speed. Um, yeah, and obviously he's working out for him. I'm assuming he's, you know, getting a lot of sacks. I, th- I think uh, the thing that stands out is the NFC. It's kind of inter- should be interesting to see, like, how Madden, like, weights. Like, Devin Bush has, like, a lot more interceptions, but Khalil Mack is, like, a is on an unprecedented pace for sacks in a season. So I think that should be kind of interesting to watch to see who wins the defensive player of the year. But Mac, I, did, I think I did a pretty good job kind of containing him in my game against Weasel, but he's really wrecked havoc on the rest of the league, and his sacks are ridiculous. But, you know, BLD is like a you know great user that we've talked about. So right. it should be kind of interesting to watch that race down the line here. Yeah, I feel like it's Bush's, Bush's award to lose. Uh, going back to Bud Dupree, he's kind of been a, a renaissance man. He is he doesn't have a ton of sacks, but look at these numbers. Nine sacks, but he also has two interceptions and four forced fumbles. So Damn. that's I mean, yeah, that's the reason right there. Folks. Yeah. I mean that that'll do it. 
I mean, he he's not even he's third on his team in sacks, but he has caused you know wreaked havoc for an outside linebacker to have six turnovers or six potential turnovers, two picks and four forced fumbles in half a season. That's pretty crazy. So, yeah, that makes sense for Bud Dupree, but uh, it's gonna be hard to beat Joey Bosa because. Uh, Bosa is looking at 20, oh my God, 23 and a half sacks. How? What is going on? <laughs> That's an NFL record. How, how is Vic not winning these games? What well, is Khalil, happening? Well, Khalil Mack has 24. So you got one, I know, that's one, crazy. Uh... Okay. We, we, okay, let's get this out of the way. Sacks are OP. Defensive line is OP. We know this. But 24 and 23 sacks? My goodness, and I contributed a lot to that. I, I gave him five of them. <laughs> uh, you're welcome, Vic. Uh, and I'm pro- probably going to give a lot to Khalil Mack, too, because I play him in a couple weeks. So you're welcome, Weasel. Um, wow, that's crazy. And the next guy on Vic's team is nine, nine and a half. For <laughs> so basically just triple team Joey Bosa, and <laughs> you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> Figure out a way to block everybody. Two tight ends set on the right side. Just block Joey Bosa with all of them. Oh, my God. That's crazy. 23 and a half sacks, 24 sacks for Mac. Unbelievable. Okay, moving on. Rookies, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, oh, I don't know why I, I put him in there. That is not – that is a keeper. Oh, man. All right, we'll just do the top two. Josh Jacobs and DK Metcalf in the AFC, both Oakland Raiders. Uh, we've talked a ton about Danny and how he loves the young boys. Uh, like a priest, so he, uh, of course, is going to have some Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates. And in the NFC, a uh, much bigger battle, I feel like, uh, kind of a battle of three good rookies, um, Mikkel Hardman, Paris Campbell, and Andy Isabella. Three speedy wide receivers, one of them a girl, Mandy Isabella, remember <laughs> that, callback. Um yeah, Mandy is leading the uh, the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. Go, Mandy. Come on. You go, girl. Uh, any thoughts on these guys? Uh, how I think. Uh, win? Yeah, I'll try and hurry it up here because we're, we're going really long, I think, now. And nice. um, <laughs> I think, obviously, Andy Isabella. Andy has done a really good job with him. But kind of like a low-key guy, Miko Hardman. Um, he's kind of with Madden's offense, especially now at McCaffrey or McGoatfrey, as he calls him, and Tyreek Hill, kind of really opens up Hardman a lot because you can't you know, really focus on all three. So I think that's kind of like a sneaky candidate there for the Offensive Rookie of the Year. And something that can really make a big difference in uh, some big games for Maddening in the playoffs and stuff. <clears throat> okay. All three of these could be girl names, actually. <laughs> Nicole, like kind of like Nicole. Nicole. So I'm going to say Nicole Hardman. Paris Campbell, that one's just a girl name right away. And Mandy Isabella. So, all rookies, all the rookie of the years, guys. Women are now in the, allowed in the NFL. It's official. Mandy Isabella is the the best woman player in the NFL. So, I'm sticking with it. Um, all right, defensive rookies. Defensive rookie of the year for AFC. Number three, Devin White. Number two, Nick Bosa. And number one, Montez Sweat. I feel like those three are... Pretty good candidates. I feel like in real life, those are actually three solid rookies that probably will have a good chance at uh, being Defensive Rookie of the Year. And in the NFC, 
Uh, number three, we got Jermaine Pratt. Number two, Brian Burns. And number one, of course, Devin Bush. Um, all right, so anybody... Obviously, Bush and Sweat are... <laughs> Bush Sweat. <laughs> okay. Man, I'm, yeah, I got... Yeah, I got to yeah. get my mind out of the gutter. Yeah, we, we could tell. You can know You know it's getting late. Yeah, we're getting there, true. We're getting too long, getting too, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, anyway. Man. Wait, so take a look at this. Okay, I'm, I'm, we're trying to spice <laughs> up the podcast, guys. Okay. I'm just going to throw this out. We have Bush, Sweat, and Burns. <laughs> There's got to be a joke in there, guys. There's got to be a joke. My bush sweat burns. Sweaty bush my burns. Bush, my bush sweats when you burn. burn. my sweaty bush. Oh, that's a good oh, one. God. That, oh, God. This man. podcast, if you guys... You, you we're just, definitely not just, getting sponsors yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're kind of... <laughs> I'm surprised people are still listening. Sweaty bush at burns. At this point. <clears throat> What's the best combo? Someone tell right, me... That's, someone d- or, uh, mention me in the chat and tell me the yeah, best that, combo. That's, that, that, sweat, yeah, bush whoever and, comes up with the best uh, bush sweat... I'll give you a dollar. Joke, uh, guess a dev upgrade, huh? How about that? <laughs> No, we can't. <laughs> okay, we can't be using the. Anyways, podcast. moving yeah. on. We're we're going on way too long. That's okay. Uh, I think just one. one last comment. Uh, Danny has two defensive rookie guys in the top three, so he has five total and the you know, top six essentially of the offensive and defensive rookies. So, like young boy, said, young, young boy, boys. Yep, yep, young boys, like a priest. He's the priest. <laughs> That's his new nickname. <laughs> All right. So yeah, this has been a fun one. Okay. Um. That's it for the awards for now. Obviously, there's more awards that you can look up on the game yourself. Um, okay, then let's talk. We got a little little bit of playoffs. Um, we can talk some of the seedings, maybe. Um, see what we think. Um, maybe just any thoughts or questions that we have. Um, yeah, so I, I can take it uh, from here. But I have a couple like things. I, I uh, like I said before, I, I watch. You know, I look at the playoff races a lot. It's kind of I find it really interesting. Obviously, like the top seeds are pretty solid right now. Like we talked about plug a little bit and Danny. I think uh, the, I think that right now where I want to focus uh, this week is the wild card races. Obviously, next week we'll, we could probably dive in deeper about all the seedings and stuff. So we have a lot better idea. Um, but if you look at the NFC wild card right now, you pretty much have so the loser of the NFC South would probably be locked in the five seed, assuming Charlie doesn't have too much of a fall. Um, obviously, you get the force against Dog this week, so Monkey will jump in to that six seed at six and three after this week, and then Tillman right behind him at six and four, and then you'll be. Five and five. Dog, and dog, dog will, be, will five be five and four too, though. So you'll have. I'll so we'll have. And dog four, and Tillman. So we'll have four teams within, like, essentially one, on one and a half games of each other. Yeah. So, look, what do you think about those four teams, including yourself there? Who do you think comes out as a six seed right there? I mean, it's hard to pick against Monkey. Um, feel like he has a, you know, a solid team and he's played really well um, for the most part. You know, he's had his ups and downs here and there, but. You know, I've always thought he's, you know, a pretty well-rounded Madden player, and he can adapt uh, to just about anybody uh, and play a pretty efficient and good game. Um, you know, he's not, you know, super pass-heavy or run-heavy or anything like that, and and his defense is just, you know, really stout all the time. I still feel like Tillman can can turn around and and keep it up. I feel like he's quietly kind of keeping up and and winning games you know, that we finally are expecting him to win. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't stand out as much. So I feel like we're, he's kind of sneaking up on nowhere. 
I really don't. I mean, if I'm being honest, you know, I think this five game win streak kind of killed me. I mean, I'm going to try my hardest to, you know, win out the rest. I'm not going to, you know, get Sam mm-hmm. giving up, but it, it's really going to be tough for me to come back. You know, I'm being down <laughs> two two games or so out of the six seed. I, I feel like unless you collapse, there's yeah, no well, way. With that, without luck, you, you never know now, you know, you don't know. How yeah, long. no, so, yeah. I mean, there's still a chance that, you know, you might lose, uh, you know, but you basically have to lose like three. I basically have to go undefeated and you have to lose three games or something so, like that. So yeah. it's possible, but yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm out of it, but it's going to be a, a real tough uh, challenge for the Packers. So uh, and then go ahead. So, yeah, so. I think that uh, we'll come back to that next week. I think we'll have a lot better idea. We can talk about like the specific, you know, potential playoff matchups there and stuff. But I think Monkey is a good candidate there. And don't forget, Maddening is also only like one game up on Tillman in the NFC West. So Tillman can even win that division there and, and drop Madden into a wild card spot or even out of the playoffs. So let's not forget yeah. that. And now moving on to AFC, we didn't really talk about uh, these. So obviously, we talk about um, the AFC West. The loser probably be the five seed. Uh, but right now we got six seed right now. Central is sitting six. We haven't really talked about Central at all. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at six and three at the six seed, and then right behind him we got Bruce, who we didn't really talk about either. So giving some shout outs to some people here, and uh, Bruce at five and four, and then Vic at five and five. So pretty much those three guys are battling for that six seed. I don't really see the Broncos or Titans at four and five and four and six being able to come back, or Broncos be four and six after this week actually. So I think we can kind of pretty much count those guys out. I'm surprised by a lot of these records from the AFC. I guess I don't pay attention to the AFC as much. Um, we're sorry about that. We're both in the NFC, so obviously we're gonna, you know, think about ourselves a lot. But yeah, Centra being six and three is actually kind of surprising to me. Um, and he's three and zero in his division. Um, yeah, Bruce being five and four, I'm not so that surprised by. It, but I guess I really just haven't paid attention to his uh, his overall record. But uh, yeah, being just one game out out of sixty, that's pretty good for him. Plus, he's only one game out of the AFC North uh, with Han at six and three, so he definitely can still win that division. It's still, I feel like, uh, you know, anybody's battle out of those two or any, anybody's division there. And then, yeah, like we said with Vic, uh, it's still gonna be tough because of his schedule and the division he plays in. So I put him as an outside chance right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can see Centric hanging on to that six seed. The interesting thing about the AFC. Uh, obviously, you know, we've talked about the AFC West a lot, but we could definitely see two teams. Okay, we could see a wild card team playing a an away game. So we could see the, let's say mm-hmm. everything stays the way it is. We could see the Oakland Raiders play the New England Patriots in New England <laughs> with twice as many wins <laughs> as the Patriots come playoff time. I mean, we're we're talking maybe a six or seven win team winning the AFC East, and we're talking a thirteen win team not winning the AFC West. Is that the most insane thing you've ever heard? Well, it's kind of like uh, similar, to, not as drastic, but remember the Seahawks were like, but yeah, seven that was nine that, or something. I mean, I guess it was like they were like seven like nine, and, and then they they got the whole. That was I'm pretty sure that was the Beast Quake game. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's kind of interesting. It was Seahawks Saints. Yeah. And, yeah. The Saints were like ten and six, and Seahawks were seven and nine. Um, but this, yeah, that w- this is going to be more extreme. I feel like because mm-hmm. no matter what, one of those teams is going to be the five seed, the Chiefs or the Raiders, and most likely they're, they're going to have, I would say, twelve wins. Yeah. And 
<laughs> the AFC East winners probably yeah. have a maximum of eight wins, <laughs> maybe seven, maybe even six. It, so it's going to be huge. It and, might be. It might be a real big embarrassment that week in New England. Yeah, luckily, luckily home <laughs> field doesn't matter. In, yeah, that, I was in our game, that. So yeah. it's not like, you know, a big deal for us. It's just going to be funny to talk about. But yeah, we'll probably get more into that later when those teams start to separate more. Um, but yeah, it's a you know, interesting just, races in both sides. There's not a lot of teams out of it. Uh, and also I, seeing 10 get four and six is surprising <laughs> to me. I didn't realize you had won four games. You could have. <laughs> Hey, don't play yourself out of a, a top five seed or a top five draft pick, though. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, you're you gonna go for me. it, go for it. But Yo. you're still, you're still two and a half games <laughs> or three games. Oh, sorry, you're actually like, yeah, four, almost four games out of first in your yeah, divisions. So forget about it. Probably want to just play it safe and and tank. But you just gave me an idea about home field advantage. What if in Madden? Like, I don't know, just playoffs or something, a big game or something. If you're home, then the away team has, you know, like the iced field goal animation? What if it has that the whole game because of the crowd noise or whatever? Yeah, see, okay, that would be cool. If Did you ever play um, NCAA 14? Yeah, yeah, like the Remember basketball the free play throws art? and stuff. Yeah, yeah um, like the, <laughs> the, the controller would shake and the play art yeah, exactly. would be all shaking. You couldn't see it. That was so <laughs> cool, dude. So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I'm, he, I'm with everybody else, dude. I want them to make it another NCAA game so bad. So, uh, so bad. It would be, yeah. And they're so close now, I feel like. I feel like they could <laughs> definitely make one next year. But yeah, we, we cover everything here in uh, Choosing Chowder. So EA do. devs, we're, if you're, we're, if you're still we're listening. We're one episode away from talking about just real, real life football <laughs> and, and stuff. So we're, we're, it's, we're, it's going to be like a two-hour podcast soon. Well, so. I think we're getting to two hours here. I think. Almost. <laughs> no, okay. All right. Uh, uh, do, so, do you want to look at any games? Yeah, so uh, let me I'll uh, wrap it up here. Uh, so we talk about more playoffs next week. Like we said, we'll get a better idea. Um, so everybody keep playing your games. Keep trying to win. Fighting those playoff spots. I'm just going to uh, name a couple games through week week 11, week 12, week 13, as that's what will happen this next real life week. A couple games that stand out to me. 6-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals against 7-2 and two Oakland Raiders this is a big game right there for both teams, and then we got a uh, plug in the Kansas City Chiefs at eight and two versus Big Dick Vic five and five Chargers, and then uh, Monkey six and three against me at six two and one. That's a big game there, and then let's go with Centra six and three Jaguars against seven and two Colts. So, uh, what game are you trying to watch out of those four I just named? Uh, a lot of playoff implications in those games for sure. Uh, I'd say the last two you mentioned are very interesting. Um, you versus Monkey is going to be very interesting to me uh, since I have played you guys both a lot and know you both really well, uh, and you know have uh, you know had a little bit of rivalries with each of you. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. I think uh, that'll present a nice challenge for you um, and Monkey as well. So I feel like. Both of you. And with Andrew Luck being out, I feel like it's going to be an even bigger challenge for you. Uh, and then what was the last one? I, I'm like, oh, uh, Jaguars, Colts. I mean, that's yeah. probably going to be almost for the division lead at that point. So uh, that could be another really big one. I feel like Centra needs to kind of uh, win that game, you know, to have a real chance mm-hmm. at, at a, a, a nice high playoff seed, plus uh, even to make sure he stays in the playoff picture because there's probably going to be some teams coming up underneath him uh, that, you know, he might not be able to, to keep off if he loses that game. So 
Uh, what do you What do you think? Any Oh, and any of the ones? I mean, obviously you're looking forward to that monkey game. <laughs> yeah, that monkey game. Um, I think the plug and and Vic game kind of because that kind of you know Vic's got to hold on to do your life here and win every game he can. And obviously, we talked about the Danny plug, you know, uh, battle. So every game is important. Yeah, if too, Vic can so. pull that one off, that'll be huge for Danny too. I mean, not only for Vic, but that'll be a huge blow to plug. And I feel like Vic definitely can. Um, it, you know, it, it's definitely not one of those gaming games for plug at all. Mm-hmm. Um, any any of those division games with any, you know, playing each other, they're not, you know, gamies for any of them. So, uh, yeah, plug will have a real tester against Vic. And I think, uh, you know, Vic always comes to play. I feel like, you know, he mm-hmm. he's one of the guys, you know, he doesn't, you know, get too down on himself. And he's always kind of, in the game, even if he loses big, like, you know, he never, he never, doesn't really seem like a guy who, you know, gets super mad or anything about, like, what happens in the games. He's kind of always just, you know, just happy to be here, but not in a bad way. But, uh, yeah. Okay, so now moving on to week 12. Uh, I know, guys, it's getting long, so I'll try to wrap it up. <laughs> uh, if you guys are still listening, something, you know, if you guys getting, you know, falling asleep or whatever. Um, week 12, kind of a week week as far as over 500 teams playing each other uh it's kind of some bad games this week to be honest um a couple i was gonna name like one like under 500 matchup that i'm kind of interested in uh kind of also give a shout out uh the new browns owner we got dimitri in uh unfortunately yeah welcome dimitri i hope you're listening hope you're enjoying the cheese and chowder podcast uh and uh you know like and subscribe yeah your first two Games in RML have been force wins for you, so uh, that's kind of, I guess it's good. I guess it's good for you. Uh, but he plays Motherload Week Twelve, and the reason I kind of marking this game is I don't I don't think Brown's really in it for playoffs or anything. But Dolphins, this could be a big game for that division. He's at three and six right now, but you know, winning you know Dimitri's not bad from what I remember. So if uh, Dolphins can win this game, kind of give him the division lead at four and six somehow, or five and six that week, I guess it would be. Uh, but an actual good game that week. Is Steelers versus Bengals. Steelers five and four, and Bengals six and three. So it could be for the division lead possibly by that time. Yeah. See that so. Panthers and Saints that week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug keeps you know gets another win or two by that point. Then hopefully uh, he can put up a battle against BLD. I feel like you know there's not that many games left that BLD might lose. So um, we'll see if anyone can derail the sixteen and zero train. We'll have to start watching out for that that undefeated season, maybe in a week or two. So, all right, and then week thirteen. The, yeah. Do you have any other ones there? So then week thirteen, I got two games to watch here for you guys to try and tune in. Uh, first one would be Packers and Giants. Uh, you and Weasel, obviously, that could be a big game for you, depending on how your week twelve game goes. And uh, Weasel, obviously, still fighting for that. You know, trying to stay at that top two seed. You know, maybe Weasel has a collapse in, week. in store. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, week 11, you're bye week, no? No, I'm saying he gets, he was oh, yeah, he's yeah, trying yeah. to get the bye oh, yeah, week yeah. in the playoffs. I, I, got, I got you. I thought you were trying week to make week a week. joke or something there. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah, he also has a bye week, week 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's the game to watch there. But the biggest game, I think this is probably the biggest game that we talked about before. This is the game I want to watch out of these next three weeks coming up. Uh, 7-2 Raiders versus 8-2 Chiefs. This is the game. This might be the game of the year, even, uh, as far as, you know, circumstances go. And, Hype. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, what it means to each team in this well, game. Well, we also got, yeah, I mean, 
the fact that it's that late in the season is is the hype. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Saints and Falcons too. But we've that's probably already happened by now. So that might not have been game of the year. But although I feel like this one's more closely matched because I feel like any anybody can win that one. Unfortunately for Charlie Hustle, I don't think I, I uh, maybe he surprises us, but. I don't know if he's, you know, as closely matched up with BLD as Danny and Plug are with each other. So I feel like that one's one that anyone can win. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one for sure. That is going to be uh, one of those that you kind of just have to tune in. So, okay. All right. I think that's a, that pretty much yeah. covers it. So, Ooh, that was a lot. Right. That was a lot tonight. We covered yeah, a lot. Man. It was a lot. It was a long week. Um you know, long weekend. Uh, happy Labor Day, everybody. This should be released on Labor Day, so uh, don't wear white or whatever the rule is. I don't know. I don't <laughs> really know what Labor Day even means. I don't know why we have it, but who cares? Free day off, right? All right. Brad, any other thoughts? I think um, so. This will be so we'll have one more podcast next week. That will be about week 13 week, into week 14. And then the week after Final will be season, yeah. almost playoff time. Yeah. So only two more weeks till we get the playoffs already, and like the real football season didn't even start yet. So that's pretty exciting. We will get like almost a full year in before football really starts. So we kind of got you know the extra time in August this year, and uh, you know the hype's at an all-time high, and uh, you know give keeps giving us you know stuff to talk about. We're having some good. You know, obviously we have got two hours of content to talk. I mean, trust, trust me, we could be talking about a lot more, but we don't want to bore yeah, you we, guys we, too much. This is our slim down version. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. Okay, I, I yeah I agree. This is still fun. Uh, everyone, you know, keep up the good attitudes in chat, and um, yeah, just keep playing your games. It's been entertaining to watch, and uh, the storylines are just getting better and better as we go. All right, so I guess that'll do it. Uh, tune in next week. We'll talk about the weekly recap for next week and some more playoff races and seeds and playoff picture and uh you know the usual game of the week user of the week and all that stuff and um yeah i think that's gonna do it for episode eight cheese and chowder the rml podcast good night and so long cheese and chowder